0: The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from Frito Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about prime time matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty?
1: To the Canoncast, Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am William Chase, joined today by Eric Seeds. What's going on, Seeds? Hey guys, happy Memorial Day. Hope y'all are
2: staying safe and cool during this little heat wave we're getting here.
1: And also, Rachel Buels joins us. What's up, Rachel?
3: Hi everyone.
1: So uh, the NHL, kind of getting right into it, has approved a 24-team playoff format, with other logistics and factors still to be sorted out. But we have really the first initial framework in place among the major sports with the NBA right behind and aside from NASCAR, among other sports that have since come back or are coming back in some fashion, and we're still waiting on baseball's plan. Basically, from the NHL's perspective under this plan, the top four teams in each conference, based on where they are in the standings, would get a bye with a best of five play-in series to form the more traditional 16-game or 16-team format, which would be a seven-game series. So... Where games will be played, other areas sort of flush out. It looks like the NHL is definitely making progress. Lots of developing things keep coming out, such as uh, temperature checks and how many people can be in the facility on the ice. It's, you know, so many times. And uh, it looks like we have even the draft lottery is looking to take place June 26th. So, Seeds, I'll start with you. What is your, what do you make of all this?
2: I guess we're, uh, I guess we're really doing this, aren't we? I have been on record that I didn't think the NHL was coming back. I didn't think there was any way this they were going to find a way to make this work, especially given the lack of testing, the low number of tests we've seen. But yeah, it looks like the NHL is at least going to try to get this thing going and figure out a way to do this. As far as the format goes, I mean, fine, I guess. You know, it's if you want to get... If you the, let's let's honestly be real here, the only reason they're expanding to twenty-four teams is because they want to get big markets like the New York Rangers, Montreal, and the Chicago Blackhawks into this. If it was like I don't know, if it was Winnipeg who was on the outs, they wouldn't be trying to figure they wouldn't be trying to figure out a way to get this expanded to 24 teams, but this is as fair a way as I guess they can do it. Plus it helps kind of what I guess one of the things I've been thinking about with all of this coming back is it helps them kind of figure out a way to deal with all the conditional picks that were dealt at the trade deadline. Especially if you decide these are play-in games and not the postseason. And then once you get to sixteen games, then it's the postseason, then it's the playoffs. So then maybe that helps, you know, figure out conditional picks and trades and stuff like that. My biggest question that hasn't yet been addressed among out outside of all the medical issues, I'm going to just entirely put that aside and focus on the format and the hockey that we're potentially looking at here. Let's say a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are right now scheduled to be in the play-in game rounds. Let's say the Penguins lose to whoever they're matched up against. Do the Penguins then go into the NHL draft lottery, or are we limiting the lottery to the seven teams who are obviously eliminated from this you know Detroit San Jose LA and Anaheim and the rest I don't really think it's fair that a team could and I hate that I'm turning into one of these pundits but I hate I don't like that a team could win the cup and win the draft lottery but I don't like that like a team like Pittsburgh who would be guaranteed a playoff spot in literally every other year might not make it to the round of 16 and then therefore might be able to win the draft lottery. Basically, I don't want city Crosby to win Alexis Lafreniere and the Penguins dynasty to keep rolling for the next five years. I think that's garbage, and I don't want to play in the Metro anymore. But as as far as things go, they're, they're, it's going to be made up. That whatever playoff format they come up with, is it's going to be made up and ludicrous, and there's going to be lots of asterisks on the Stanley Cup that gets handed out eventually, which probably means Toronto is going to win the cup because it would just be hilarious for the Leafs to win a cup and it'd be have like nine asterisks on it. But like, like whoever, whoever wins this cup is going to have people trying to take it away for the rest of forever. So let's get weird. Let's do play in games. Let's do best of five. Let's do round Robin, whatever you want to do. Let's, let's just get weird and have fun with it and bring as many teams in and Let's just see what happens, which someone made the point on Twitter the other day that, you know, all these teams are getting healthy. All these guys are getting healthy. Columbus is going to get extremely healthy for this. And if they go on a deep run, they might even get Josh Anderson back at some point. So let's just go wild and see what happens. I don't I don't you know, whatever the teams decide to do, I guess they're going to do. So let's just go, I guess. I hope I, I guess my biggest hope is that everything is done slowly and with health at a premium and don't don't risk families, don't risk the families of these players unnecessarily. I hope everything, every precaution is taken and everything is done with player safety in mind.
3: Well, Eric, I think you made some, some really good points. I'm really interested to see. I know the NHL isn't unique in having so many foreign players that have been out of the country for the majority of this American pandemic. Um, I'm really going to be fascinated to see how they get everyone back into their respective towns. You know, you said you went on the record. I've never gone on the record as saying I didn't think the season was come back, but I'll go on the record now and say that I'm shocked.
2: And, and to, to to just piggyback off you real quick, Rachel, I know, like, isn't it like a matter of public record that all of our Swedish players are over in Sweden, like Winberg and Corpus Alo and all those guys are over in Europe right now?
3: Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure the majority of them went home. I don't. I, I, someone can check me on that. I, I'm not quite sure, but I, I think at the beginning of this, it was like everyone go home. We don't know how long this is going to last. I'm I'm fairly certain that I'm pretty sure Elvis is still in Dublin, but I, I, as far as anyone else, I I think they went home because it was like a hey, this is looking like it's going to be a long term type cancellation thing, not like a hang around. You we might need you in two months. Um, so. Yeah, I, I just really think well, and it's interesting that you bring up Sweden because they really haven't been doing the masks and the staying home and the whatever. It's very much been like a they're operating as normal. So the obviously they'll they'll find tests for the NHL players, but when you consider all of the labor that goes into pulling off these games, it's like can everyone get tested when they need to, and can everyone? You know, I think it's it's one thing to lay out the framework for how this is supposed to work. And then it's another thing to execute. You know, the second that there's a, a breakout in the coronavirus, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I hate to, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer. I'm thrilled that uh, that they're talking about bringing the season back to some semblance of what it was supposed to be. And I also think that could be huge for the NHL since, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't heard any other leagues talking about At least this actively and this transparently sharing their plans to put the season back on track. So I think it could be big, I think, for sports right now, for live sports. And, they, you know, this could maybe draw in an audience that wouldn't have been there otherwise. But, Eric, I think there's also a lot of merit to what you said about how this cup is going to be stained by the coronavirus no matter what. So it's cool that they're incorporating all twenty four, uh, you know, twenty four teams, make it a larger market, and everything else, bring in those bigger ticket franchises. I don't know though; it'll be it'll be interesting. Right.
2: I wanna I wanna make something I wanna make something kind of clear here. Like, well, first, first of all, to your point, Rachel, about other leagues, I've heard a lot of rumors about the NBA. Um, I listened to Bill Simmons' pod this morning. He was talking about rumors about the NBA, but they haven't been as actively transparent about it to your point as the NHL has. I am star for sports just about as you know like we all are like I watched every single second of that Tiger Peyton Phil Mickelson Tom Brady golf match yesterday I watched it every second of that because I'm like I, I and, and were I a gambler I would have probably been betting on DraftKings or FanDuel about it because good lord I just miss live sports so much but like to your point Rachel the the it's not just the testing for the players it's the coaches, the support staff, the trainers, the medical people, the the me, the in arena workers, the Zamboni drivers, uh, media people, reporters, uh, anyone who's going to be in contact with these guys, family after after they leave and go home. There's going to be so many factors and variables and people who could be exposed to this, and not not to mention that. And, and if there is one player who tests positive, it, it could turn into an outbreak if, because we're doing hubs. You know, we're you know it, it could just run rampant through a hotel where all these players and management are. I, I it leaves a lot to be desired. And like while I while I want live sports back, really, really badly, really more concerned about the safety of some of these players. And like like like, like let's let's put this in Blue Jackets terms, guys. Uh, Cam Atkinson just had a newborn baby. What a couple months ago? As much as I would love to see the Blue Jackets back, I don't want something to happen to Cam Atkinson or you know him to be asymptomatic and go home and, and his wife or his children get infected like
3: and especially if it results in someone winning a cup that everyone is going to try and you know downgrade and act like it's not the same thing as winning a Stanley Cup during a normal year like that to me is like I understand I understand the the want and the desire to make it happen to, to finish out the season because nobody likes you know being left on this cliffhanger like we've been left, but yeah, at what cost? So it really is a catch-22. People who could be collateral damage that are outside of the teams, the players, and the coaches uh, that you have to consider as well.
1: That's obviously, like, the main thing they have to figure out, all the sports have to figure out, is how are they going to deal with uh, having games, having everything back as close to as normal as possible, but then, like, what do you do if there's a, a, a case, a breakout... You know, how do you handle the quarantine? Can you can you just let that player be in quarantine for two weeks and keep playing? I mean, doesn't everybody else get affected essentially like the first place? So I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's what they're at least figuring out now.
2: Right? Are you right? Like, remember when this all went down in March and Rudy Gobert touched all the microphones and there was this big outrage at Rudy Gobert, but like the next day his teammate Donovan Mitchell tested positive and then they ended up testing all the Utah Jazz and there were some more positive cases like let, let, let's hypothetically say the New York Rangers who are in this um they, they go in and Artemi Panarin tests positive so do you do you take the New York Rangers out for 2 weeks are they automatically eliminated from this tournament do you just do you, do you just sit Panarin down like is he out with an upper body injury I don't know like There are so many
1: factors. There probably, because we've had other sports come back. Like, wasn't there in soccer, wasn't there a player that came down with it? And I don't know if they shut anything down, but I almost feel like at this point, it's like, even though we don't know everything, I guess we know more than we did in March maybe, or maybe they feel better about being able to contain a player as far as putting him in quarantine for two weeks. I don't know. It does. It makes you wonder about the players. Like we talked about a couple pods ago about like Brian Boyle, who had the leukemia a few years ago, players that have something now diabetes, whatever it might be that could affect them more so than maybe the average player. But uh, as far as the going back to the playoff format, I think it makes sense to have the uh, teams that were on the bubble. but can't finish out the regular season. It gives them a kind of a three game chance to see what could happen I don't really know. I mean, maybe you could have just done 16 and said sorry to whichever team that was just on the bubble. It's like, sorry, you just ran into bad luck. But I guess it makes sense to have. I think actually it almost makes those teams, it almost gives them more of an advantage, I guess, because if you're Columbus or Toronto, you're getting three games to play, at least three games, whereas a team like Boston is just waiting around anyway. So who's who's going to be rusty? I mean, everybody's going to be rusty, I would think. It's going to be almost everybody will be like on a level playing field almost. And that's not even taking into account playing hockey in July or whatever it will be, how the ice will be, all that stuff. Also, it's another thing, uh, talking about the draft and the lottery, according to the New York Post from uh, two days ago on Saturday, it looks like they were kind of speculating about the lottery. And it, it sounds like the NHL is at least kicking around the idea of Including the eight teams that were in that preliminary, the the first part of the playoffs, the play in. If they were to lose, it looks like they might still be part of that lottery, but that's still going to be determined. So I don't know. But like you mentioned, Pittsburgh could be a team that's protected.
2: This this ends with Pittsburgh winning the lottery and getting Alexis Lafreniere and going on another like three Stanley Cup run just to spite Columbus
1: right? Like, are we in agreement on that? Probably. But what if Columbus does win that cup? So then we have people saying, yeah, well, you won an illegitimate cup, but hey, they won the cup. So whatever.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't want to speak for you two. But if Columbus wins this cup, I don't give a we have a cup come
1: and take it. It's like the lockout the Blackhawks like would like do people think the lockout cup wasn't the same? I mean, same playoffs, same second half of the year, but it's a lockout, right? It wasn't a normal season then either. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. So, shifting focus, we actually have something hockey on the ice, Blue Jackets stuff to talk about because in this potential playoff 2014 format, it looks like Toronto, the Maple Leafs, would be playing Columbus in that three-game playoff or best-of-five three-game playoff series. So, going back, if you guys can even remember back in October, Columbus and Toronto split two October regular season games. Toronto won... In Columbus on opening night. Rachel, I guess you saw that in person, right?
3: Unfortunately.
1: Would you be, you wouldn't be uh, in the arena, right? As part of like the NHL staff or anything, right? For like photography or anything?
3: I have no idea. I haven't heard anything uh, one way or the other. Uh, since this came out I- i'll tell you a little bit about the night that the god was at the pittsburgh game it was like a thursday night
2: yeah because yeah it was uh cam cam was supposed to come back that night
3: yeah so i texted the social media guys at the blue jackets and i was like hey like you know am i essential for tonight's game and they were like we're not sure like let me let me ask my NHL person, Rebecca, who does the social. And no, I I wasn't deemed essential for that game, but then it ended up getting canceled. I would have to imagine that, you know, my my job is to relay photos and videos for the NHL social media to use. Obviously, they're going to want to be hitting this coverage hard. I don't know where I fall as far as... Being essential or if it would be like, okay, yeah, you need to get your temperature checked and, you know, whatever, or wear a mask or like, I just, I don't know. And I haven't heard anything one way or the other. So I'm assuming right now that I'm not a part of it. Love to be, but, um, at the same time, I think it's important that they keep as few people. I mean, cause I am close to the players. I'm, I'm on their bench and I'm, well, under normal circumstances, I, I don't imagine that I would be now, but there's certainly risk for exposure going either way. So I would think that they would probably not want, maybe they would have Jamie, like the Blue Jackets photographer be there, extend his job responsibilities to not only sharing content with the Blue Jackets, but also with the NHL, which would mean that I wouldn't need to be there uh, and have one less person there breathing air. So I'd love to be there, but I also don't know if I could, like if that would, I think Elaine tweeted something today about like, you know, if if you had to go into quarantine and, like, stay away, you know, I, I live with another person and I go to the grocery store once every two weeks and, you know, I'm certainly not like, it's not like I haven't left my apartment. I don't know if I'd be able to quarantine. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know enough about it yet and I haven't heard anything from anyone. So I'm assuming not.
1: Sounds like the Leafs and Blue Jackets would be playing and that proposed Three game, best of five, playoff format. So both teams split two regular season games back in October. Seeds. What do you think about the Jackets and the Leafs in a playoff series?
2: Well, I'm I'm of two minds on this. Uh, I think the Blue Jackets are the better defense are better defensively and the better and have better goaltending than the Toronto Maple Leafs do. I think they could score enough to keep uh, keep the Leafs at bay. The other side of this is. Uh, the winner of this series would play the Boston Bruins. And uh, it's just, isn't it just like hockey destiny that the Leafs lose to the Bruins in the playoffs? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's that, that, those are kind of my two competing factors. But honestly, if I were looking at this objectively, the good thing about that is Columbus is getting everyone back healthy. They'd have Jones to be back, Yorkshire to be back, Cam Atkinson would be back, Texas would be fully healthy. Uh, every Everyone who was injured, with the possible exception of Josh Anderson, we haven't really heard much about him, would be back. So uh, Columbus would have... I mean, th- this Blue Jackets team with their playoff formula you know, and their four check last year went toe-to-toe with the Tampa Bay Lightning and knocked the Lightning out. So I'm pretty sure they could do the same to an equally talented forward group in the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I would... I'm not saying that I'm not going to guarantee the Jaguars would do it, but I would at least feel confident that Jaguars would have a puncher's chance against the Maple Leafs. The the Leafs defensively are frankly horrific, not very good uh, on the blue line. So I would feel pretty
1: good about that series. So yeah. What about you, Rachel?
3: I agree with that. Under all circumstances that I can think of, I don't know if I ever imagined a pandemic uh, hitting the NHL. However, I feel like the Blue Jackets are just the perfect, like, weirdo underdog team that would thrive during these circumstances um, where maybe other teams wouldn't. Uh, I don't really even know if I have a way to explain that. That's just how I feel. And, yeah, I think what Seed says as far as tactically, uh, I think our defense is and has been solid the whole season, especially when you consider we had some, some big losses that we'd been when de- dealing with their absences all season. Uh, having all this time to get healthy and get back in shape to play, I have to imagine that they've been working really hard in preparation for something like this happening. So I feel I feel good about it. I think that they would totally be ready to square up against a team like the Maple Leafs. Yeah,
1: like I I think it'd be interesting because I mean I keep thinking like on the one hand I'm thinking man hockey in July and the ice and how are teams going to play after all this the the whole logistics of everything with uh, the coronavirus, but then it's like, well, every team is in the exact same boat. Every team is going to be off for two plus months, three months, I guess, at that point at least. And Columbus will have, like we already said, Bjorkstrand and Jones and all of these guys that were out. Texier. you just hope that Elvis reclaims his form. I mean, not to say why wouldn't he, but who knows? Everybody's been off for all this time. So it'll be really interesting. And that's why I think whoever it's between Columbus and Toronto and every other play-in matchup the teams that have to buy don't really have an advantage in my mind because they're just sitting even longer, and they're just waiting to see. And then by the time that team who wins gets to play them, that team's gotten a few games under their belt and kind of maybe found something. So totally, it's a true right. it's card. Tr- 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 if you to hear card. me talk
2: myself into Columbus winning the Stanley Cup in real time, here's how it goes. Colum- Columbus is not, obviously, the most highly skilled forward team in the NHL. You know, we're not we're not Toronto up front. We're not Tampa. We're not Boston. We're not any of that. This is a team that thrives on defense, protecting their goaltender, scoring scoring goal greasy goals on stupid, dirty bounces in front of the net, and just seeing games out as things matter. If the ice is terrible, if guys are rusty, this this benefits Columbus because. Uh, you know, you're not going to have shooters picking corners all at high speeds every like this disadvantages Connor McDavid, and this, uh, this this gives all the advantage to a guy like Seth Jones, a guy who's just big, physical, and can get in the way. Like, 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 tell me you can't see Columbus like dropping a game one against Toronto, winning the next three, like three two four one whatever as elvis Cor- one of one of elvis and corpus Alo get hot and then they just roll through the playoffs and just suddenly find themselves in the stanley cup final against i don't know like vegas and enough bounces go their way and the ice is terrible in vegas or columbus in july and august and they f- somehow enough bounces go their way that the columbus blue jackets win the stanley cup like that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility if this league
1: actually comes back, right? Right. And I also want to add real fast. So while most of the NHL, I guess, you know, teams, players, owners, etc., all agreed to this potential format, there's two teams that didn't quite, I guess, agree. They want to play. They're ready to play, but they have their own issues they want to have sorted out, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so I, of course, took a dig on Twitter on Saturday night I said uh, from the CBJ Cannon account, you probably saw it. I said, we understand their concerns with uh, Columbus, of course, you know, being a team like that to take out someone like Tampa Bay again. I just thought it was funny to get that dig in there again because that never gets old. But can you imagine the Lightning getting embarrassed again?
3: (laughs) I'd love that. For us.
1: Even if it wasn't to Columbus, it's just because, of course, they're the team that got swept last year, best team, regular season team, and then they get swept, and then they, they're the like, yeah, we. apparently there were teams that were already against the idea of a three-game best-of-five series because they didn't want to play guys like Carey Price or Patrick Kane in a short series.
2: I'm not, like, I, as much as that, now, granted, I would love it if Tampa lost again, and, and I guess their gripe was mostly that they uh, mad that a team like Columbus would get... Some games that actually mattered in Tampa would just be playing or practicing or whatever while this, these best of three or fives, these best of five series were going on. But good God, I want nothing more than Columbus to beat the Leafs and come back into a series against the Boston Bruins. Because I feel like if if I, I know I know we can never redo last year's playoffs, I know we can never, ever redo it but man if josh anderson was healthy in that series i feel like columbus wins that series and then who knows what happens from there and i will never ever in my life get over it josh anderson was such a force in those playoffs last year that if we can get him back and get the blue jackets healthy going forward in these in whatever the nhl decides to do if they if they actually go to go through with this and everything is done safely i think columbus could be a legitimate force in these playoffs and it's that's really exciting to see. I just hope it all works out for everyone's health and safety.
3: Totally agree with that. I miss Josh Anderson.
1: I miss Josh Anderson so much. And that's gonna do it for us this week. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Moons off of their album, Homemade Vision. Angela's newest album is called 430, and you should definitely go check it out. Check her out at AngelaPearly.com. And you should also check out Angela Pearly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for videos and live stream concerts from her home during the stay-at-home period. Rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at CBJCannon and comment on JacketsCanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.